Today on the ZabeCast, Ryan Clark of ESPN gets his panties in a wad over Bill Polian and his opinion on Lamar Jackson. Well, I'll try to get Ryan's panties straightened out. Bob and Brian Day, where I share with them and you that time in Vegas when a cabbie decided he was going to give a pep talk to a hooker. All that and why Sean Miller is dead man, currently not coaching. You got 45 minutes to kill, then buckle up and let's go. <laughs> Here we go. Wednesday, February 28th, and this is it. So long, February. <laughs> Get out of here. Just feels good to finally kick February to the curb. Nothing really changes weather-wise, certainly not here in the East Coast and especially in the upper Midwest where March is really just February 2, electric boogaloo. It's much of the same thing. But I always like it because you turn the page to March and we start College Basketball Conference Championship Week. The tournament is not far behind. That carries us through all the way to April. Final Four, start of baseball, Masters the week after... Birds are chirping, trees are blooming, life will be good really, really soon. Got a good show today. I forgot that I had recorded a Zabecast with Bob and Brian two weeks ago and put it in the can and didn't have time to run it because we had bonus guests last week. And then I went back to look at it and or listen to it and I was like, oh, this has the hooker pep talk story from Vegas last year with audio and I think you're really, really going to like it. So... Before we get to that, let's eat our spinach first. Let me try to help out Ryan Clark here for just a second about his very triggered response to Bill Polian saying that he believes Lamar Jackson of Louisville would be better off switching to wide receiver in the pros. Here's what Clark tweeted after Polian said that. Quote, so Lamar Jackson, who won the Heisman and was college football player's college football's most dynamic player as a QB, can't play quarterback. Oh, and they, all caps, showed us that Johnny had first-round QB skills, also made sure we knew that Baker just let his leadership and competitiveness get the best of him sometimes. We, all caps, hear you again. All right, let's start with this. They and we. You can't group people into they's and we's. I mean, you can, but you're going to be very inaccurate and very unfair. That is the definition of painting with a broad brush. Who's they? Who's we? What are you talking about? Secondly, when you group disparate opinions together, you get in trouble because more than a few people, Ryan, had the heebie-jeebies on Johnny Manziel prior to the draft, including me. At first, I was like, I think he's going to be good. And then I'm like, the more I saw, the more photos that came out, the more I changed my tune. And thankfully, I was on the right side of Johnny Manziel before the draft itself, in which I said, this guy is probably going to be a massive bust. So there's a lot of different opinions. John Gruden was loving Johnny Manziel, even though he kind of raked him over the coals during his QB camp segment, in which he said, is it because you missed practice, Johnny? Gruden was losing his mind the night of the draft as Johnny Manziel fell and fell and fell, finally to the Browns. 
And when it comes to Baker Mayfield, look, a lot of people have different opinions on him. Me personally, I'm not an NFL draft expert, but I am in the opinion sphere, and I'm not alone. I wouldn't touch the guy. I think he's a cocky dick, and he's likely to remain a cocky dick in the pros. Probably doesn't have the temper problem and domestic violence problem that Johnny had and the drug problem that Johnny had and the the drinking problems that he had, but he's a cocky dick, and I think he's going to stay that way in the pros, and I just don't see him being a great quarterback. We'll see, though. I could be right, could be wrong, just like the NFL experts. So let's cut to the chase of what Ryan Clark was basically saying. Ryan Clark was basically taking umbrage that a black quarterback was suggested to move off the position to go play another position in the pros. And I understand where that comes from for Ryan Clark and for any black players who know the history of the NFL. Yes, for years, black quarterbacks in college were routinely shunted away from playing quarterback in the pros because it was such a high-profile position that many franchises, if not almost all franchises, just did not prefer to have that as the face of their franchise. It was, in fact, pernicious and very disgusting, subtle racism that happened for a long time in the NFL. Documented, accepted, nobody's arguing that. But since 1995, which is fairly recent, although it is now 23 years ago, since 95, the following players have been drafted one slash one. One slash one. Black quarterbacks, Jameis Winston, Cam Newton, Jamarcus Russell, Vince Young, Michael Vick, Steve McNair. One, two, three, four, five, six quarterbacks, six black quarterbacks have gone one slash one since 1995. In addition, in 2012, RG3 went second overall, and he went at an insane price because the Redskins traded three number ones and two number twos to draft him. And yes, that's the price of him. I'll keep saying this until the day I die. RG3 was a 5X player. They spent five draft picks on him. Andrew Luck was a 1X player. The Colts spent one draft pick on him. Donovan McNabb in 1999 was the second overall quarterback taken. Achilles Smith was the third overall player taken. And Dante Culpepper was the number 11 player taken in the first round of the NFL draft. All these guys behind Tim Couch, whose career I'm sure you know how it turned out with the Browns. So that, in other words, in 1999, you had three of the top four quarterbacks, black quarterbacks. Last year, same thing, almost. You had, well, in fact, it was. Three of the top four quarterbacks taken were black quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson were second were the second and third quarterbacks taken after Mitch Trubisky. They were taken 10th and 12th overall. Deshaun Kaiser, another black quarterback who left Notre Dame too early, according to his coach, and looked like that at times with the Browns this year, was taken in the second round. So again, three of the top four quarterbacks taken, black quarterbacks. E.J. Manuel was the first quarterback taken by any particular team in 2013. He wasn't a one-slash-one, but it was a weak quarterback year. That was 16th overall for Manuel. He was followed by Geno Smith, another black quarterback. God, they're all over the place. 
taken in the second round at number 39 overall by the New York Jets. Also since 1995, other first-round quarterbacks taken that happen to be black. Byron Leftwich in 2003, 7th overall. Jason Campbell in 05, 25th overall. Josh Freeman, 17th overall in 09. Teddy Bridgewater, 32nd overall pick in 2014. What the fuck is Ryan Clark talking about? What is he hinting about? There is no vestiges of racism at quarterback left in the NFL draft anymore. None. Zero. That fight is over. Go home on that. Now, Bill Polian, as an analyst, I think is starting to sound like a confused old man. I have less and less respect for what Bill Polian says all the time. But I don't ascribe it to anything racist or sinister. I just think he's kind of off his rocker. Polian said recently that the Eagles should not trade Nick Foles unless they get two number ones for him, which shows you he's been sniffing ether because nobody's given up two number ones for a one-year rental of Nick Foles. That's fucking crazy. Where does he even get that shit? I don't know. If they got one number one as an offer, they should jump at it. I think if the Eagles were to get a number two overall, or excuse me, a second-round draft pick, they should strongly consider moving Nick Foles and taking their chances for a second-round pick. But that's just me. Polian's opinion is that Lamar Jackson be better as a wide receiver. It's one man's opinion. So what? As we all know, I think we all know, I think Ryan Clark knows this, a lot of quarterbacks in college get moved over to a different position. In fact, the direct comparison to Lamar Jackson being Heisman Trophy winner, the most exciting, dynamic player in college, and they can't play quarterback, the most direct comp to that is one Timothy Tebow. He was a late first-round pick by the Broncos and a reach at that, and we all know what happened with his career. Great kid, tries hard, physical specimen, throws the football like, I don't know, he's worse, he's less accurate than the ball cannon that our friend Ross Tucker keeps pitching on air. Ball cannon, ball cannon, ball cannon. Tebow sucked. But he just won games. Yeah, for a short stretch. Now, was there a high-profile analyst that said in the lead-up to the draft, Tim Tebow should change to tight end, I think was the popular opinion. I can't recall exactly, but I do know there was discussion of, I don't know, is he a pro quarterback or not? I remember the Pro Bowl, not the Pro Bowl, I remember the Senior Bowl, in which Tim Tebow had to start taking snaps under center for the first time in his career, and he dropped like four of them in a half, and it was a complete shit show. And there was throwing coaches along the way and mechanics coaches along the way, and it just never worked with Tebow. A lot of people were saying, bro, just try be a you're a good athlete. See if you can play tight end. See if you can play H-back. You know, it's, it's something. You're not good at the NFL level at quarterback. You were great in college. My God, different game. He didn't want to. He wanted to play quarterback. That was his dream. Tried it, and now he's doing what? Oh, that's right, playing baseball. Rather poorly. Although the Mets think he's going to be a big leaguer this year. We'll see.
Terrell Pryor played quarterback at Ohio State. Where is he now? Oh, that's right, wide receiver. Got a pretty good one-year deal, $8 million from the Redskins. Didn't do shit for us this year. Dropped a lot of passes. Was a Instagram all-pro, though. I mean, he would send out tweets of his videos working out in the offseason. Where was Ryan Clark for all of this stuff? Is he not paying attention that this stuff happens? Heinz Ward, Antoine Randall-L., our own Brian Mitchell, quarterback, quarterback, quarterback in college. Although Warren Heinz Ward only played one year at quarterback at Georgia, then switched. Randall L. was a terror at Indiana at quarterback. Mitchell, of course, the Raging Cajuns, became the all-time leading kick return yardage man in NFL history. Not too bad. Joe Theismann played quarterback at Notre Dame. Guess what Joe Theismann did as a pro? Started in the CFL returning kicks. Yeah, that's right. White quarterbacks that had success in college like Matt Jones at Oklahoma, converted a wide receiver, drafted by the Jaguars, did okay. Julian Edelman, quarterback at Kent State, turns out as an undrafted walk-on wide receiver for the Patriots. He's done pretty good for himself. Eric Crouch at Nebraska was prolific. Heisman Trophy winner. Huge stats, set records. Guess what? Drafted as a wideout by the Rams in the third round. That follows another Nebraska quarterback from even further back, who's now the head coach there, Scott Frost. Yes, he played quarterback at Nebraska many years ago. He was drafted in the fourth round by the Jets to play safety. Hell, even Lane Johnson for the Eagles, their right tackle, played quarterback and tight end when he was a junior college player. So less than three years removed from going pro, he was playing quarterback himself. Are you listening, Ryan Clark? Jesus. Quarterback in the NFL is a stand-and-deliver position. This is still true no matter what. If nobody's open, they want you to stand there a little longer. See if you're not sure somebody could get open to deliver the ball with insane accuracy position in the NFL. And then if nobody's open, if you've stood around there for a little bit longer than anyone in their right mind should, then they want you to run and run like hell. But be smart about it, because every tackle you take, every hit you absorb, can do serious damage. Lamar Jackson has breathtaking open field skills. We've seen that for two years now. He's improved as a passer. Improved. I I can't say how much. I'm not that smart. Uh, I have not broken down his game film. It's a compliment to suggest another position for him at the pro level because the door is open, unlike other less gifted players. And if you think Polian's the only guy who isn't wild about Jackson's pro prospects under center, well, you'd be wrong about that. Two years ago, at Army Navy, at the Army Navy Radio Row, before Army Navy, and just before the night that Lamar Jackson would receive his Heisman Trophy, I asked a fellow colleague at ESPN of Ryan Clark what he thought of Jackson as a quarterback in the pros. His name, Desmond Howard. Here's what he had to say. Lamar Jackson looks spectacular. How does he translate to the pros, do you think? Uh, he... he... <laughs> He'll be a good wide receiver. Really? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He's just like he's like Ohio State's quarterbacks. Yeah. 
Aaron Pryor's playing wide receiver. Right. <laughs> um, what about Braxton Barrett? Br- Braxton Miller's playing wide receiver. Barrett play a uh, quarterback in the pros? JT? Yeah. No. No? No. 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 Okay. <laughs> so, I don't know, by the way, that was two years ago. I don't know if Desmond Howard has since changed his tune on Lamar Jackson. He might have. And it's fine if he has because we got another year of data on Lamar Jackson. And we've seen more. But is Ryan Clark going to go after Desmond Howard because he said that? It's just ridiculous. Look here, Ryan. Lamar Jackson's getting drafted as a quarterback in two months. And it'll probably be as a first-rounder. If I had to put a small wager on it, I'd say he'll be a first-rounder. But we'll see. So you can relax. He's going to get his chance to play quarterback in the NFL for somebody. And if you think it's racism that anyone would suggest, you know, he's probably switched to another position, you're just... Uh, look, if that's your feeling, sorry. I'm sorry that that's your feeling. Uh, you know, your feelings are never wrong, I guess. Emotions are always right. But the facts don't support it. History doesn't support it. And the empirical evidence does not support it, which I just laid out for you right there. Skittle-a-doo-doo, skittle-a-doo, skittle doo You're stealing Popeye's bit. Uh, yes, I am, skittle-a-doo, skittle-a-doo-doo-dow. <laughs> Kind of stealing the Nard Dog's bit, too. <laughs> Nard Pop Dog. Nard Eye. <laughs> Nard Dog's such a great character. A <laughs> That's what I do. A <laughs> He was so seethingly insecure. It was just great. And had anger issues. Right, exactly. It was a weird combination. He came from privilege, but was completely dim-witted and really didn't have much going for him. Was insecure, but also had anger issues. <laughs> yeah. He was quite the personality. It's a recipe for alcoholism. Uh, he sure struggled. Was. He struggled with uh, with his anger. Are we recording right now? No. Why not? Oh, we are. We are recording. Yeah. Yes. The answer really? Is, okay. Yes. So it could just be like a cold open here could to be. the show. Yeah, cold true. open to the, to the Zabecast. Bob and Brian joins me now. Joins me. They join me as a joined at the hip Siamese twins FM morning shock jocks. You have to. Uh, we have to have a rule here that there is no editing. We just play okay. what we get. All right. That basically, just like on let, the air. We let the we let the record button interrupt our conversation, intersect yes. our conversation, yes. for lack of a better term. Yes. Okay. All right. So I've got some audio I want to play here. This is never before played audio that can only be played on a podcast format. From a cab ride that Bob and I had the absolute pleasure of taking last March in Vegas. Well, have you you've listened to this and you you think it's really good? You like it? You enjoy it? Well, you can uh, be the judge. I, I, well, before we just start playing it for the world. Oh wait I'm a minute! Are I'm you a, getting cold feet? I've I don't remember this with you guys before. I'm on the just morning. saying I don't remember. This was almost a year ago. Well, and, you're going to remember it and you're going to laugh. Okay, you're going to laugh because this is stone cold. Cabbie Truth. Okay. You asked the question to our cabbie. His name was Steve, and he's from New York. And he said, what's the craziest thing that's ever happened in your cab? Mm-hmm. He was not at a loss for a story. Here's what he said. <laughs> so what's the craziest thing that's ever happened in your cab? Um, the dad's giving the hooker uh, a pep talk. There's always a hooker involved. Wait, yeah, you were giving the hooker a pep talk? <laughs> and we're off and running. 
You are giving the hooker a pep talk. Now he keep says. in mind we're on kind of a high because we had we we're just on our way back from meeting Uncle Brent, right? We uh, had met the great yeah. Uncle Brent. I've got a short clip of that that'll be in the video. But yes, Uncle Brent, Brent Musburger right. at his new digs out there yeah. at, at Vison. He does, which a... is at the South Point Casino, which. As I can tell, Bob is out in the middle of fucking nowhere for Las I Vegas. Mean, it was a long cab ride. It out was there. a long cab ride yeah. of of all desert, our, and it's like, oh, here's the casino. But right, when we then. got there, the shrimp cocktails were like a buck and a half. Of course they were, <laughs> and everybody was getting them. But you and I, you you jumped into Brent's uh, aquarium where he broadcasts because you were invited right. in, yes. and we we're all just kind of sitting out there at the slot machines waiting and. Gitter or Mikey or somebody said, "Look at that! I'm going to try the uh, the. It was a fish yeah. dinner or yeah. Shrimp you know why the shrimp cocktail was so cheap? Because it's Malaysian sewer <laughs> shrimp that they were serving. These are not farm raised. These are raised in sewers, and they grow to be the size of your fist. But they've been wallowing in shit the whole time. Shit fed shrimp. Malaysian sewer shrimp. Don't fall for it. Kind of what tilapia are." <laughs> Oh, really? You're bad mouthing tilapia now? They're poop eating fish. <laughs> really? I had no idea. Tilapia, okay. Yeah, they're kind of like uh, New World right. Order fish, you know, save the planet. <laughs> they eat their own shit. You eat them. Tilapia had no idea. Yeah, now you know. Enjoy your that's dinner. A, <laughs> enjoy <laughs> your dinner. Enjoy, enjoy Lent. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> No, I thought tilapia was a clean fish. Go figure. (laughs) The things you learn, now you know more. Okay, so as soon as this guy, as soon as our cabbie said, giving the hooker a, quote, pep Pep talk, talk. I immediately perked up. I picked her up from the... the... Was it like, come on, you can suck more cock. Yeah, yeah, come on. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what a pep talk sounds like. Uh, I picked her up at the Diamond Motel across Mandalay. That was a day driver. I had just gotten on. It was four in the morning. Listen to that New York accent, by the way. Isn't that great? This little Indian guy with a sad face opens the door, and she comes walking out just nice. You know, she looks fucking smoking, and she gets in the cab, and I'm like, where are we going? She's like, I don't know. I don't know. Fucker. It's weird Indian guy. You can't uh, <laughs> drive cab in New York. I mean, you know. Why? He's in Vegas cabbing. I guess. Why not do he's, it he's in, he, Yeah, he's in paradise, Brian. Warmer weather. Yeah. You don't have to worry about snow drifts. Oh, he's icy loving streets. it out there. Right. Yeah. Crazy. She was of Indian heritage. She was American. Like, they always want me to do fucking weird shit. And I'm like, what, what kind of weird shit do you want me to do? Yeah. And she's like. I don't know. She's like these fucking girls out here talking about making three thousand a night. I can't. I can't break fifteen hundred. And she felt like she seemed really down. And she was maximizing her potential. And I was like, listen, you know, you just gotta suck it up and stick with it. You're a good-looking girl. You know, if girls are out there making three grand, you can make three grand. Trust me. Steve the cabbie is an expert on the economics of the street in Vegas. Listen. Like, hey, you, you've got the talent to be a three grand a night hooker. She like, was. That, she, I understand why. I understand wanting to make th- 
three grand a night, but she was making fifteen hundred. It's not like she was. That's not terrible. That's not terrible, but that wasn't the goal. And that I understand why that would be a little depressing. I guess for having to do weird shit to sad, you know, old men <laughs> would sort of wear on you at a, at some point. I would imagine. And I don't know why an extra fifteen hundred a night would make that go away, right? Like that's not going to erase your shame. <laughs> And your despair of what you do for well, a living, she right? She thinks it will. <laughs> she wants I, or, to find out anyway. Or she felt like she wasn't getting the respect of her peers. Right. That she wasn't a 3K a night girl. Right. And she's like, you think so? I'm like, yeah, don't fucking give up because some fucking whack job Indian guy wants weird shit done, man. <laughs> and she was like, all right, take me to New York, New York. I wanted a better ride. So I was like, why don't you go to Venetian? <laughs> Both encouraging her right. and then upselling her on the ride. It's a higher class of people, right? Let me go to Venetian. Which yeah, we were... was like, no, I got thrown out of there. How many in the like, camp? I, would say, like, I believe it was, it's me. It was me, Bob, it was Theot, and Clarky. Five of us. Yes. So four of us and Steve the cabbie. Okay. <laughs> Just so I can put on the list of people going to hell. Hey, you asked the question. You asked the question. (laughs) What am I supposed to do? Go. That's terrible. That's um, terrible. You should give this up and go to college. You know, do do something with your life. It's like, no, you get out there. You know, life's a struggle. You know, you'll be better for it. You're like the Vince Lombardi of of some hookers. That's where I make the Vince Lombardi comparison, and then Clarky goes immediately to the classic Vince Lombardi line, which you'll know by heart, Brian. Well, you're motivated. We need to seal the right. air. Seal the air. We're gonna get out there. And you run the ball in the alley. Right. You get a seal uh, here. It was seal uh, here. And you pick the Johns up in the alley. You pick the Johns up in the alley. Or on your way out at the or at the bar. Yeah. Exactly. So. There's our conversation. That was that middle of never... the afternoon. That was middle of the afternoon, literally, in Las Vegas. That wasn't a late night on the way home from the bar, blah, blah, blah. It was 2 o'clock in the afternoon, oh, Steve. That's the middle of that guy's <laughs> afternoon. Yeah, well, <laughs> he wasn't doing it. He was just talking about doing it. We asked. He gave the us a story. You know, yeah. stories are cooked up in the late night, and they're told in the afternoon. And the thing is, he didn't need to think. Like, uh, weirdest one. What's the weirdest No, it sounded no, like he, he had it ready to go. He, he was a really good cabbie because he was very chatty. He was very funny. Was he wrong to give that advice to the hooker, Brian? Yes. Shit. <laughs> yes. There's no <laughs> question it was wrong. Wait, you didn't even consider it. Don't doubt about it. You didn't even consider it. There's no halfway on this. It was wrong. It was definitely wrong. <laughs> what? All right, then what do you say to a hooker in Vegas who is happy with what she's doing is – has made, uh, uh, made. She's asking for advice. Give no, up no, being a no, hooker. No, let's say that there are sex workers, as they say, <laughs> illegal in Las Vegas <laughs> in and Las Clark Vegas. County. Right. In Clark County, you have to go out to Pahrump, uh for the legal brothels. I think Reno's, is Reno up in that area? Reno, Reno is no. Reno's way up in north of the state, but yes, they're they're, yeah. they're legal in like Pahrump and then because Reno, Reno but, is where the bunny ranch is, right? Exactly, yeah. but there are there are sex workers, Brian, that uh, know they're working illegally, but they are at peace with their decision, and they like doing it. It gives them freedom and flexibility, and they choose their clients. They'll say that's what they say at least. So 
There are there are women that do this that are not despondent, sweet Indian girls worried about making an extra fifteen hundred bucks a night. He's unswayed. Yeah, well, if they're happy with it, why why are they <laughs> but asking she was not if happy. they should do it? <laughs> what if what if what if his advice, Steve's advice to this gal, turned her into the best trick on the strip, and that she made a ton of money for about three years as the best trick on the strip, and then met some high level casino magnate who ended up marrying her and taking her off the streets, and it's like pretty woman. Oh, she's yeah. Julia Roberts. Let's try this. Then that pe- then that this. pep talk. Would I be right, Bob? Let, was the best thing in that case. Yes. That ever. Let's happen. Tra- let's it. try this on before we take that one to the checkout line. All right. Okay. Let's try a different code. All right. On. For three. Okay. Uh, he gives her oh, some advice. Here. She mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Uh, he gives her this advice for three years. She is crushing it in the hooker world. And we yeah. find her dead in the bushes. <laughs> oh, ooh, I don't know. This Which coach's is a little tight. Far more likely to happen <laughs> than meeting this executive. A little bit tight. Okay. <laughs> or she gets okay. a disease for the rest of her life, and right. her genitals are deformed. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's a little tight in the shoulders. You're right. Okay. Well, Take you know, the other one. Right. that <laughs> on for size. Yeah. Right. You know, cabbies, Brian, are not career counselors. And cabbies are not therapists, although some people might use them as therapists. Well, neither are bartenders and uh, hairdressers, and that's true. And probably they are your also pedicurists and manicurists, but they all what profession gets? It's all part of the rich pageant of the human experience. What what profession gets shared with the most when you when you see that? I mean, other than going to see a counselor or a psychiatrist, it would have to be or... a place devoid of noise. It would have to be a place where you have. One-on-one time with the right. closed room, the the guy. Or just you one-on-one with the bartender so on like, an afternoon right, with nobody in the, the bar. Right, but if the bartender, it's your one-on-one with the bartender, the place is not really jumping very yeah. much. So. It's got to be pretty much empty. One guy at the end of the bar that can't yeah. hear your conversation. Yeah. It's not a and, profession, and, but I think a lot of counseling goes out on the golf course. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, no, I, I we have our best man-versations on yeah. the golf course, don't we, I'm not we, talking just saying inappropriate things to yeah, each other. I, I thought you meant like a business. Where... I did initially, but then you're right. Oh, it would okay. be hard. Uh, I thought, well, a place where it happens I is. I think probably hairdresser. I think, you mean for men? Anybody, I guess. Uh, just, I, you, I think women talk to their hairdressers like mad. Oh, no doubt about it. I think men talk to pretty bartenders. Yeah, well, men talk to pretty anything. (laughs) (laughs) I don't mean pretty anything. I mean pretty. If it's pretty, they'll talk to it. Right. Yes. Right. You could you could have a woman who is literally you know mucking out a horse stall, and if she's hot with a ponytail, what are you doing? Right. You'd walk right up to that shovel of shit and go, "Hey, what's up? What are you doing?" No, singes the nostrils. But man, you're kind of cute. Talk her out of that life. You'd probably you know yeah be doing so. There was. There's another cabbie, and I'll have to send you guys the video. I'll, I'll post these videos as well as supplement uh, to our discussion today. There is a Russian cabbie who, if I didn't see him with my own flesh and blood and didn't talk to him, I wouldn't have believed he was real. He, like, knew a lot of stuff about the NFL and including my team, the Redskins. Take a listen. Tell me what you know about the Redskins. Redskins. You You're saying Shanahan was there? Shanahan was there. His son was there. And who RG3 are, was there. What happened to RG3, do you think? RG3, I don't know what happened. They let him play after the injury, and they blow him out. <laughs> and they blow, blow him, him out. out. <laughs> they and, and you know what? My man nailed it to a T. Exactly right. <laughs> yeah, the they game. did blow him out. <laughs> Believe me of the game. Believe me. 
believe me. The Redskins, they so, want to change the name. Ah, uh, we're not changing that name. Uh, no please, way. Please, no way. Ah, uh, please. It's our name. Uh, it's not controversial. Uh, 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 so who is your team, Ilya? I like Raiders. Raiders. So you're going to be on Las Vegas Raiders. No, no, no. Yes, they, you they are. They are not moving, my friend. Yeah. They're not coming? They are not moving. Yeah, he really nailed that prediction. How when, this when was a was year that? ago. Yeah, a on. year ago, he's like, they're not coming here. Because it wasn't done a year ago. Right. Oh, my God. I thought for sure they were coming. No, this guy, uh, Palazzo, a Venetian guy, doesn't want to give Sheldon. money anymore. Oh, okay. Sheldon Adelson That was true. He had re- he had rescinded his offer at that time, hadn't he? Or he was like, I'm not giving you any more money or something like that. And the deal was kind of stalled. It, it was. But it got saved because the NFL was never going to let that much public money just go walking <laughs> out the door. <laughs> what a great Russian cabbie, Brian. <laughs> Yeah, you that... should have got him to say, uh, class, I has it. <laughs> or opulence, I has it. Opulence, right. Or what, what, what's uh, Yakov Smirnov? This country. By the country. By the country, that's it, yes. And, and then, there was the, uh, then there was the cabbie that had to quote stripes to you guys. Remember him? Oh, yeah, the guy. We did, he wasn't actually our cabbie. We walked by he him. Was, uh, he was in our crew in their cab. And I think he had, yeah, didn't he? There's some, he either had a Wisconsin hat on or something like that, or we had Wisconsin stuff on, and he saw it. And he just said, I got my ass kicked in Wisconsin. Yeah, hold on a second. I'll get it for you Do right Do you suppose here. that guy had a line ready to go for every state he could identify on a client? Like, if you well, build it, they will come for Iowa or... Maybe. Maybe. Something here, from here, here, Sweet here Home you... Alabama or uh, whatever. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry, I gotta keep hitting mute on this. So Do you I actually don't... have a recorder there with the button, a play button? I'm just I'm playing this hot off of yeah. my uh, Apple Final Cut Pro yeah. timeline, okay. which is okay. Now we're set to go here. So here was here was the cabbie and what he said. Come on, Russell, it's Czechoslovakia, man. It's not like we're zipping into Moscow. It's Czechoslovakia. It's like Wisconsin. What's the movie, boys? I got my ass kicked. I got the shit kicked out of me in Wisconsin. <laughs> He was just sitting in a cab as we walked he was by. Funny. He yeah. was great. Actually, well, Gitter and uh, and Clarky got in the back of it. Oh, were they in that one? Uh, or Gitter and I Eric. I don't remember. One of the two. Las but, Vegas yeah. is always a blur for me. Cabby has got to be pretty close to painting, you know. Anyone can do it. When it comes to, like, problem solving, we used to, when, when this building was being remodeled the first time, we kind of made friends with the contractors who were here. Well, because we were here with them all day. Yeah, and those guys, a couple of them, Rich the Electrician, he, he said, I don't know what painters think about all day. You're just staring at that wall all day and wah, 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 wah. <laughs> <laughs> just I, wah, wah, I am not wah. painting it. And then, you know, cabbies, aside from, you know, driving to where you got to go and experience, cabbie would know hit the town by the, like, you know, easily. What what occupies your mind the rest of the day? So well, they did listen to so fine this podcast. Guy is, they listen to fine podcasts like this one right here, <laughs> right? So you this know? guy is you know he's going off to stripes and whatever else. So I took an Uber the other night in Chicago. Yeah, Friday night. How to work out for you? Uh, it was a woman who came pulling up. You know, we hit our Uber thing. You know, here's where we yep. here's where we are. Yep. Here's where we want to go, and then it says we'll be here in like two minutes. You can track them coming. And it shows up, and it's a woman driving her car with her mother in the front seat, a very old woman. Oh, no. Yeah, the she, Uber? Oh, the, no. Yeah, yeah, she takes The Uber her, lady is 
is the driver, and she's got her old. old she's mom like she's it. babysitting her mother while she Ubers. Okay. That's almost as bad as my kids are in the back seat. You come sit in the front, and the kids are like yelling and fighting and throwing Cheerios at each mother, other. The mother was just like having a bag of groceries up front, and I was thinking, well, do I ask? Do I say now? Who, now who's this? Now now we're, now hi, how are you? Because you want to be polite. You don't want to just ignore them, right? Right. You don't no, want to act exactly. like I don't. I don't see nothing in the front seat. Well, it's clearly this old lady. And she's just sitting there you know, going for the ride. And that and is she's so playing, weird. And, and creepy. the driver has got gangster rap going no way. in the car. Yeah, it was a really weird Some combination. Some hardcore shit, huh? Yeah, it was a very odd combination. Wow. Uber driver, mom in the front seat, gangster rap uh, going. Can, can I ask, white woman, black woman? Uh, Not that it matters. She was uh, from Curiosity. Middle Eastern. Middle Eastern? Middle Eastern. Yes, accent the whole thing. Really? There's a a liquor store across the street from my street where if you go in there, the woman could be sitting there at the cash (laughs) register with her her baby on her lap. Yeah. Hey, times are tough. (laughs) Yeah. People got to do what they got to do, right? It's just, you know, the family business, she... Hands out liquor. It's L and S, liquor and cigarettes. I think the S stands for <laughs> nice. cigarettes. Cigarettes. I need some c- cigarettes. Cigarettes. L and S cigarettes. Yeah. Well, what is a more depraved existence? Going around for three grand a night in Vegas, doing weird shit to old men, or is it driving your mom around with you in a freaking Uber? Uber with gangster rap going. Yeah. Uber yeah. with a gangster rap is a weird sort of thing that you got to say to yourself. Uber Am with I really doing rap this right? With mom, yeah, right. Forget with mom. Here's I have a question for you about Uber. Do you take Uber very often, Steve? Only when I travel for business. Okay, occasionally in Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, I know. But you don't. You, by the way, you don't get the conversations like I got with you from an Uber driver. It, it, we we won't get Steve and his monologue about the time he played Vince Lombardi to a down under luck hooker. Oh no, you don't get that from an Uber driver. Give it time. Give it time. Well, you have to have a career Uber driver then. Yeah, right. And who would be a career Uber driver? Is it a part time gig? It's part of the so called gig economy, Brian. They're saying is increasing the gig economy. There'll no be a benefits. guy someday who just has Ubered for forty years and. That's it. We had an Uber King driver. Uber? On, we had an Uber driver on Friday who said, uh, "Yeah, I drive like from uh, four in the morning to about ten o'clock. This is in Chicago." He goes, "I go home, take a nap, feed my dog, take him for a walk, and then I come back on about two, three o'clock." Okay. And Eventually, that's going to totally replace cabs, right? Event totally? Yeah. Mm, I don't know. Oh cabs, yeah, no. you got to get a license. You got to be inspected. You got to throw this rigmarole. <laughs> Uber, you can just be an Uber driver, right? Well, the thing about Uber and Lyft is that it leverages the internet and the software of showing where your car is, how long it's going to take. Although they lie about that all the time, and you know where where are you going to go and for how cheap. And Uber is heavily subsidizing right now their rides to gain market share. If you wonder why, goddamn, this Uber ride is really cheap. Why is that? It's because Brian is being subsidized. It's their business strategy to run the to run the cabs out of business and, and then, then they'll raise their do rates. whatever they to, want. That's right to get to like we're going to lose money now, right? But we're going to get more and more people using Uber, and then we're going to like boiling a frog, raise the temperature <laughs> on the price yeah, a well, little I'm bit sure. and a little bit and a little bit. But here's the thing, uh, Ubers. I noticed in Chicago anyway. 
They all smell really good. I even asked the guy, I said, does Uber really? send you some sort of air freshener to put in your car? What did it smell like? It just smelled fresh. It smelled clean. It smelled nice. Didn't it didn't smell like curry? It, no, it didn't. Curry sm- chicken in the did, wrap vehicle with you know mom what, in the front seat? You know what it didn't smell like? It didn't smell like a cab. Got it. You know, cabs you get and you go, oh my God. Well, if it's if you're an Uber driver, you're using your own your vehicle, own car, right? right? So yeah. you've got to use it. You. Yeah. You take more pride in it? It's yours. You're going to take care yeah. of it. But, I yeah, just wondered, but it's a company vehicle. Who cares? But I just wondered if Uber, you know, said, well, make it smell nice. <laughs> <That> reminds me <laughs> of you know, uh, But smelling nice, everyone has different smells that they like. Sure. Maybe you some like vanilla. Hate, maybe you like popcorn or, or pumpkin pie. And some people hate the smell of things that are deemed to be universally pleasant smelling, like apple pie or whatever. Our it family. It all depends. You know, mom would get the new car, and then dad would get the old car, and that's how it went. And then, like, a week after dad had it, he would smoke cigars and go back and forth to the wow. to work, and he hauled trash in it. It was in a week. <laughs> yeah, it it had the old car smell. Again. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. You know, we the, can, thing we that just... kills, the thing that kills me is that no matter how many t- ways they try to sell the new car scent, either in the little Christmas tree hanger or in the spritz bottle, because I bought them both. I get the clips for the uh, vent. So or the clips for the vent. They're black, and you can't really see them. Mm-hmm. Bob, no matter what, they cannot replicate genuine new car smell. Not even close. And I don't know how it is. It must be the preponderance of the polyethylene and plastic <laughs> what, moldings. What, what gases are venting you know, into your, yeah. your lungs that are coming off all the plastics in a new car? Am I wrong though, Brian? No. Have you ever have you ever had fake new car smell no. that smelled as good as no, new car smell? New Could it be smell. psychological in that you think it smells better all the new polyethylene? It's just you're on a endorphin high of look at this brand new car I've got. I'm so happy. This is so exciting. This is so great. No, I think a new car has got a lot of new products in it that are still curing and uh, have a lot of just fumes that they're right. They're, they're gassing unloading. off. Well, well, are the fumes good for me, Doctor Ryan? I don't think so. <laughs> Why not? But I don't know. You sure about that? We've never raised anyone completely in a new car their whole life. So. <laughs> we haven't raised any. Well, that Uber driver will—that's for sure. That woman is going to raise her kid, and <laughs> or, or raise her. Well, her mom was in there. All right, I'm going to let you out with this today because it's part of the songs that annoy Bob <laughs> we didn't immensely. Have a theme today. Well, we just cold start, baby. Cold start, but a, a dance out to bang on the drum. Oh, you can't be a Packer fan and hate this. I'm not a fan. Bob of hates it. I said, why don't if we're going to play Todd Rundgren, why don't we just play Hello, It's Me when the Packers score? Or can we still be friends? Because those aren't happy songs. So there's a Packer touchdown. They jump into the stands. We can't play this anymore, but can we still be friends? Sure. Todd Rundgren made that song, and he also made this song. It's a toe tapper. you got to admit that. And it's your basic theme song in Wisconsin. You're just going to have to own it. Bob and Brian, bobandbrianworld.com. Subscribe. What do you get when you subscribe to BobandBrianWorld.com? Uh, you get new product every day. You get uh, uh, the the library of old shows. We add something from that every day. We get uh, weekly. Uh, we do podcasts and video uh, podcasts. Dribble them out over the course of a week. 
Beautiful. Yeah. Great work, boys. I'm, uh, a, I'm, I'm video. I'm, I'm we get video. Very, very honored you would spend time with me. Thanks for the honest, brutal talk today. And Bob, <laughs> apologize to your partner for me for going to hell. Okay. <laughs> but you're going with me. We're going to hell in a hell cab. We'll work on it. All right. All right There's boys. always hope. All right. Tell it you guys. See you next week. We'll end with this today. Sean Miller is likely dead man not coaching currently at Arizona. This in the wake of the FBI scandal and the Yahoo Sports report that indicated that there is an FBI wiretap, a recording with Miller on it, talking about a payment of $100,000, presumably to freshman DeAndre Ayton, who's having a fantastic season. But now some people are saying that, no, maybe the wiretap actually referenced that same Brian Bowen, the recruit that got Rick Patino fired in Louisville. Either way, the bottom line, according to those close to the Arizona program, is the Sean Miller era is effectively over. Reading to you from Arizona Sports uh, 98.7 FM and their website, interview of Daily Star columnist Greg Hansen, with uh, the radio team of Bickley and Marotta. Hanson talks about how he thinks that Miller is gone for a couple of reasons. No matter who the $100,000 that Miller apparently was talking about on that tape was intended for. Hanson says Miller be- uh, he believes Miller stopped recruiting at a high level in September. The same month Richardson was arrested on fraud and bribery charges. That would be Richardson, the guy who owns the agency. Book Richardson, his name. And that was when the entire house of cards began to come down. Hanson believes Miller knew that the gig was up or the jig was up at that very moment because he believes Miller stopped recruiting at a high level when that all went down. Arizona currently only has one commit in the 2018 recruiting class as the scandal has already robbed them of prior recruits. Most recently, four-star forward Sharif O'Neal, 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 does that name? Yes, that is Shaq's kid. And yes, he's really good. Shocker. Said Hanson to the radio station, quote, they got nobody. No way Sean Miller is going to come back and coach a team that goes 3-15 and 15 in the Pac-12. They have to start over. That's my opinion, he says. My feeling is the U of A wants to start over as quickly as possible get the transition years behind them with a new coach who has some kind of a brand and start over because they're really going to be bad next year. Really bad. They're going to be two-star players who they have to recruit between now and July. Arizona Daily Star columnist Greg Hansen to the show Bickley and Murata on 98.7 FM in Arizona. I love how they say transition years. We want to get the transition years behind them. Oh, yeah, you mean the probation years? (laughs) The we're not going to the tournament years? It's funny because Sean Miller was the guy that every Maryland fan coveted so deeply when Roy, when, uh, excuse me, not Roy Williams, but when Gary Williams hung it up at Maryland. This was in 2011 that Mark Turgeon ended up being the Terps' choice, but only after Sean Miller, who had been at Arizona and had just gone 30-8 and eight and taken the Wildcats to the Elite Eight, was number one on many Terp fans' list. And he was pursued by Maryland themselves. And 
I had the audacity to say on the radio, you're not getting Sean Miller. Why would Sean Miller come to Maryland? Oh, boy. That upset Andy, big Maryland fan, Kevin Sheehan, Maryland alum. They were yelling at me how I didn't understand the magnificence of the Maryland basketball program, its his, his, its historical significance and attractiveness of the job, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I, I'm a fan of Maryland. I like them to do well. You're not prying Sean Miller away. And, of course, they didn't. Well, did the Terps dodge a bullet here? Sure, Sean Miller had more success, for sure, up against... Turgeon's record at Maryland. Turgeon missed the tournament for the first three years. Did go to the NIT Final Four. Hey, how about that? His second year. But in the last three years, not counting this season where they will almost certainly not go to the tournament, Turgeon has taken the Terps to the tournament. Took them to the third round, says Wikipedia. It's really the second round. But they had that year where they were labeling the play-in games the first round, and then they changed it back. It's so fucking ridiculous. Uh, Sweet 16 in 2015 slash 16, and they went to the tournament last year, got bounced in the first round. 28, 27, 24 wins for Turgeon in the last three. And now they've kind of bottomed out a bit, but they've got a chance to bounce back next year. And if this Diamond Stone thing turns out to be a nothing burger with Maryland, which is a huge wild card because we don't know, but Turgeon is pretty strong in saying, I knew nothing about it. I had no contact. This was not us we're going to be vindicated, then maybe the Terps worked out for the best, given that Sean Miller did deliver, well, three Elite Eights, no Final Fours, and a couple of Sweet Sixteens, and they too also missed the tournament one year. That was 2011-2012 season. Arizona's heading for a world of hurt here, no question about it. And Sean Miller, dead man, not coaching. That'll do it for today. Thank you very much for listening. You know the drill here. Tell two friends and your paperboy. Leave a positive review. Download, subscribe at all the major podcast outlets, iTunes, Google Play, Overcast, SoundCloud, more. And as Jay Billis likes to tweet out, I got to go to work. We'll see you next time.